Hello there and welcome to the Spread in Essence Football Picks Podcast. I'm Nesson.com's Mike Cole, joined as always by Ricky Doyle. Ricky, how are you? Doing well. How are you doing, Mike? Not bad, not bad. Still, again, another week of uh, issues for me, technology-wise. But, there. you know, it is it is what it is. Um, yeah, so over the course of the next half hour or so, you and I will make our, our week four NFL picks. Uh, we'll run down some of our best bets. We'll do a little chit-chatting about the Patriots, perhaps, and, and a couple of the other big games this week. Um, but before we get into those picks... Uh, you know, we're here by virtue of Nessenbets.com, our our primary sponsor, I guess if you want to call it that. Yeah. I don't think it's actually a sponsor considering we're all under the same umbrella, but I like it just sounds cooler. Um Yeah, so go to Nessenbets.com for we have the live odds page up there, which is what we're gonna use for a lot of our picks. We got the consensus of uh I think it's six sports books across the country. Um also if you're looking for more of our stuff, go to Nessen.com slash the spread. Uh, we'll have our, our week four picks, all of them, the ones that we don't get to as well, uh, up there. Um, and, and that's where you can find all of our, our Nesson uh, NFL betting stuff. So uh, we're into week four. This is where we, uh, we verbalize much of the stuff that we put on Nesson bets. You know, this is our opportunity yes, to, exactly. to bounce around a little bit. Yeah, this is uh, a little more free-flowing. Um, by the way, if you, if you like what you're hearing uh, and you're listening on, on Spotify or, or Apple, or iTunes, yeah. whatever it is, um, make sure you give us a nice rating and review. I don't think there's a ton of them out there because we're still, you know, we're working on, you know, you know getting in our reps early. Yeah, it's, you know, we're only 10 years into this. Yeah, thing. well, you know, <laughs> whatever it is now. Oh, well, it'll land. Get a pretty big sample size, but yeah. you know, it is what it is. Hey, you know, <laughs> moving on. Uh, last week. Is there anything you want to talk about or do you want to get into the records? You want to get into the records first and we'll get into what we yeah, want to yeah. talk what about? Yeah, what do you got? Yeah, so last week you went 7, 8, and 1 overall. Um, and I went 6, 9, and 1 overall. We are tied 23, 24, and 1 overall for the season. So we a it's a goddamn mediocrity. flip the coin, as always. Which feels kind of perfect given the way the season has played out to this yes. point. Yeah, I mean it's it's kind of been all over the place. I think you you know this is this week as well. You look at a lot of the spreads much shorter. Um, you know, last week we were dealing with home or excuse me road favorites. It's been just kind of all over the place. You know, if you're not especially great at this, you're gonna revert to the mean anyway, which is kind of what we've done through three weeks. Yeah, through three weeks. So that is what it is. So that's kind of why we've changed the system. We're trying to pinpoint our our hottest takes our our strongest opinions, our, our, our biggest leans, which is why we're doing our three-unit, two-unit, one-unit plays. Um, last week, you did a nice job. Nice bounce-back week for you. I needed uh, it. Kind of up, all up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You were uh, plus three last week with your best bets, if I'm not mistaken. And that's, again, we are still working through the accounting. I don't know how <laughs> we do this exactly. You hit – this is where it just completely befuddles me. So you were plus three last week, right? Because you hit your two and your one, and you kind of push. so pushed like, on that. But, like, too. you don't – so do you, are were you technically plus six? Uh, no, no, I would say plus three. Okay. Again, we'll we'll work through this with we'll the uh, figure this out. with this the, the intern no that I've long been advocating for. We should have um, done a <laughs> better job of this. No, I I wouldn't give myself credit for the uh, a push on the. It was it was it the total of the Jaguars. Yeah, but like charges, I'm not saying you I get. I not envision it getting to that. Point I'm not saying you did. get credit for it, but like the money is back in your account. Yeah. So I'm not sure. I guess you're right. <laughs> that yeah. works. We'll, yeah. we'll we'll bring in somebody from finance. Yeah. Exactly. So you're. Let's just say you're plus three for the season. It could okay. be plus six. Sure. We're working through it. I think the, the general gist of our of our unit plays week to week is just going to be 
basically ranking our confidence it's a, it's in our a, three top picks. It's a way to quantify our confidence. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Quam, confidence and quantifier. And we'll do sort of uh, back-of-the-napkin math for from a season-long standpoint. Yeah, we'll just, I mean, that'll be, you know, that's kind of the charm of the. This is in line with everything else we do. Uh, I went, uh, well, I had a, a rough week with my, my picks. I hit one of them, I think. Uh, I went, so I'm down minus five for last week, plus four for the season. Um, you know, kind of hitting that big week in week think, two. Helped. So the key here is that we're up for the season. Both of us. Yes. So collectively plus seven. That's I mean, that thing. sounds great. I, you know, it is again, completely. Let's, just, let's really hone in on that. <laughs> lack of context and, and quantification, but it's yeah. great. Uh, any major takeaways from, from the football? I, I think it was a pretty quiet week, if I'm not mistaken. It didn't feel overly zany. Yeah, I would. Uh, I, I think, like I was sort of mentioning a couple minutes ago, that like it's it's fitting really that we're just sort of hovering around 500 because so is everybody oh. else in the league. I mean, you only got two undefeated teams and one winless team. The football hasn't been great. If you like points, at least. I mean, yeah. Sunday night has been an abject disaster so far. Yeah, That's- I, I, I find myself when I first look at the board each week. Like really looking for a good under, like the the oh. the, the oh. totals. I mean, they're they're they seem to be low, but sure. it's really quarterback play hasn't been great in a lot of areas. I think you're gonna enjoy my picks this week, then. I I'm going in blind because I don't know. Yes, sometimes I know. you'll give me a little bit of an indication. This well, week, I I have no idea where you're going. I so had some I'm other things I was say. working on today, so I I it was a you know. Chucking up a a last second shot for my for my picks, which is not indicate in indicative of the work I put in. I want to make that clear. I no, I have even. studied this over and over. It's just when you have so many, it's like going to the cheesecake factory when you get so many options yeah, on the menu, so. it's hard to choose from. So. Yeah, um, yeah, like unders have been crazy, like across the board. I mean, it's like that Sunday night game was eleven to ten, the final score, twelve to eleven. It's yeah. just. You've got at one point there, you know, a game was eight to five. It's just this is uh, this is a weird week for me too because I was out on Sunday out at Gillette for the correct the Patriots yeah. Ravens. Wow. So it was a little more difficult for me to to watch all of the games or keep an eye on all of the games throughout Very the good course point. of the afternoon because you're just kind of bouncing around out there. So I had to do a, a lot of it was after the fact, going back and seeing what I missed. Uh, but that was that was a fairly entertaining game. That was the best game of the weekend, probably. I know I'm probably missing one or two, but. It was up there. Yeah, that one was Definitely. good. The 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 Green Bay Tampa Bay game was. I mean, f- the ending was fine. Ending, yeah. yeah. Um, sounds like Monday night was good. I didn't stay up to watch it. Yeah, Monday night was again. It's sort of similar. It was deal fine. It was, it was close. Yeah, right. You know? That's the thing. So we've got a lot of close, else. ugly games. Yeah, yeah, you could say the same thing about Sunday night too. Really, if you wanted but to, but it, that was it, not we'll, a great. We'll get into this. Game. I'm sure when we when we whip around with the uh, the Patriots for a little bit. Yep. But um, but yeah, no, it was from a what, what you're saying where like from an offensive standpoint, that was one of the more entertaining games we've seen, and yes, would not expect that from a Patriots offense. But no, I'm not expecting that this week, this week either. either. Yeah. So all right, let's get into what's your three unit play this week. Uh, three units. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Bears. Uh, three and a half point underdogs on the road against the Giants. Um, to your point about that Monday night game, the Giants. This is their two and zero when going into Monday night was the flukiest two and zero. I mean, it took a. Lo- I've been beating this drum. I feel like for three weeks now, but it took a lot of weird circumstances for them to get there. Um, that offensive line, which is 
it was a huge issue last year, really going back several years now. Still a problem. Uh, Daniel Jones was pressured on 24 of his 42 dropbacks against the Cowboys, which is the most in his career, which is saying something given their offensive line issues and the most of any quarterback this season. That's also not Um, a ton of dropbacks either. No, but and so like it's a team that just really does not have many offensive weapons. Um, yeah, I so feel like <laughs> for several years they've had like uh, you know B and C level wide receivers, uh, you know, yeah. a, a collection where you try to figure out who's going to pop in fantasy week to week, um, but not a just not a lot to offer offensively. Um, look, th- do I believe in the Bears long term this season? No, their offense has been woeful as well. Um, also getting inconsistent quarterback play. Um, but I just think with the Giants coming up the short week, um, they're going to London next week to play Green Bay. So it's a little bit of a weird in-between spot for them. Um, losing Sterling Shepard, like I said, just adds to that weapon issue. Um, and if there's anything that the Bears do well, it's the ability to get after the quarterback and run the ball. And I think both of those two things work against the Giants, really works against their weaknesses. So if I'm getting three and a half points, the other thing too is like home field advantage for the Giants traditionally has not been all that great. I feel like they've been a better road team for several years now. So if I'm getting more than a field goal on the road with two sort of crap teams, like this feels like a coin toss to me and I'll just take the points. See, this is, this is the problem with our new format or maybe it's, the benefit of our new format is that we talked about this earlier. You can kind of dig into some things that maybe aren't as sharp, but we just had to sit here and endure through three minutes of Giants bear stock. I'm going to be really... honest. My eyes glazed over at a certain point because I was like, <laughs> I was like, wait, is the Packers Giants game really in two weeks? I'm yeah, looking that, right. up. Yeah, that up. Yeah, you are right. right yeah. Because then when I saw you looking that up, I'm like, did I, am, am I missing something now? Oh, I was like, wow, um, i got to clear, clear my schedule. to eventually arrive at the point that it's a coin flip and I just want to <laughs> take the points between two crap teams. <laughs> That's the uh, alternate. Just, I kind of did this last week, too, with um, what the, what was uh, Falcons, Seahawks. So I'm sort of taking that. I've taken that approach this year. We are too crafty. We're building like taglines every week. I think last week was something about uh, I forget what it was. We have no idea what we're talking about. And then this week is just a coin flip between two crap teams. Might as well. That's what it is. The spread. A coin flip between two crap teams. Hell yeah. Anything else on that? No, no. Barn burn. Everything off my off my chest. My three in a play. Do I want to change these up? Yeah, I'm gonna flip these. Let's get weird. Uh, my three in a play. <laughs> That's the other thing about this format too. Uh, you mentioned it, like, so I'll have three games that I'll be zeroing in on, but I do a lot of rearranging. Like, I got the three blocks. So I would up. never take my one unit play and make it a three <laughs> unit play. I've just waffled oh, see, or I oscillated could, I could myself into it. Totally. It's a strong. <laughs> it's a strong endorsement of the style of this program. <laughs> oh, who gives a hell? Yeah, nice. just throw it up. You know. Um, all right, so my three-unit play, I'm going to take the under in the Cleveland-Atlanta game. Okay. Uh, it's currently set at 49.5. It opened, I think it was at 46, 47. It's, got, it's gotten up. And I guess you could see why Jacoby Brissett has played better than expected for the Browns so far. And the Atlanta team, I think we're – I think this might be a Falcons podcast now. Uh, I think you and I are pretty high on them without – well. Relatively speaking, without ever watching a second of, of the Falcons <laughs> either. Uh, I I like what they have. I like Drake London and Kyle Pitts, obviously. They've had some nice wins. 
or played competitively. The offense at times looks good, and by looks good, I mean puts up numbers that I haven't really watched. That being said, I don't know. I, I'm not sold on Jacoby Brissett for starters. So the fact that I'm on the under in a Jacoby Brissett game makes me feel pretty good. The fact that Marcus Mariota is on the other side makes me feel good as well. More importantly is that you look at these two teams, they're second and fourth respectively in run-pass split. I said run-pass split. With you know, They are heavier on the run to the pass. Cleveland, we, we I was actually kind of surprised to see Atlanta that that high on that list because it just feels like I know Corderell Patterson is I call him one of the more undervalued running backs or players skill players really in the league last week I just it does they don't feel like a ground and pound type team no. um, and so if they are going to have to try to move the ball through the air for whatever reason because the, the Cleveland run defense has actually been pretty you know the Cleveland pass defense is pretty good so I just I don't know like maybe I, I think it's gonna be a bit of an offensive struggle for Atlanta Cleveland I think probably has a little more success offensively, but what does Cleveland's offensive success look like? It's a ton of Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt. Like they want to move the ball on the ground. That's going to keep the clock moving, kind of get us toward that under probably, at least I, I hope in, in terms of this pick. Uh, yeah, I just, I, I think game script wise, the Atlanta run defense, which is the worst in the NFL by EPA is going to get kind of, they're going to be out there for a long time. And I just think that's probably what Kevin Stefanski is going to zero in on here for, for Cleveland. And I, I, I kind of was looking at this for, I liked Atlanta in the game. I've, I've waffled back and forth on that. And this feels like a nice compromise for kind of how it will play out. I'm not really sure how it comes down to the, in the fourth quarter, but I just think again, the clock's going to keep moving. If Cleveland can do what it wants, like they probably prefer to play a lower scoring game in this situation. So I'm going to take the under 49 and a half, especially if after that's been bet up to, to that number. We're going to have to get some stock in Atlanta for like next season or the season after. Yeah. Like it's funny. Upward. It's funny. They've been like a pretty hot button team across this ecosystem, like the NFL betting thing where it's like two or three years ago, everybody was high on them. And then the, the following year, they just, crashed the system people were still yeah. high on them and they were getting their asses whooped every week now they're kind of like on the way back up where it's like oh this is a little bit of a feisty it's, team it feels fresh if nothing else because obviously you move on from the you know the quarterback and you just it just has a different feel to yes it than it's had in previous seasons yeah I, the playmakers the, the drafting they've had over the last couple of years too after it, it feels like a like a fast team scientifically so this is i'm glad you bring that up this is <laughs> The new look is is starting to to become normal for me. The jerseys, I mean, and the helmets. Okay, all right, yeah. Like I, sure. I didn't like them at first, and now it kind of is starting to feel a little more natural. So I, and that's the most important thing, really, when we're doing this. Yes, exactly. It has to square aesthetically. That being said, not a game I want to watch this week. The Cleveland uh, Orange ooh, at yeah, black and a red t- is a that's not a, a tough look aesthetic. No, yeah. So I will not be watching the Falcons for the fourth week in a row, and I will be back here next week to talk about how great the Falcons are yeah, or whatever <laughs> they, when they win this game. Um, all right, so my my two unit play. I'm gonna I'm gonna go to a game with that former quarterback I was just talking about, um, and Matt Ryan. I'm taking the the over in the Titans Colts at 42 and a half, um, which feels like a little bit of a zig when everybody else is zagging, given how terrible the Indianapolis offenses look to this point um but I look at Tennessee I mean this is a team since Mike Vrabel took over in 2018 they're the best road over team in the NFL which is kind of a weird trend but I 
I do think there's something to it. Like, I feel like their formula travels well, and we've seen that in the playoffs too. Like, offensively, are they, they've traditionally had – I mean, the offensive line play hasn't been great this year, but that, that ground and pound approach See, I'd be coupled dis- with their defensive shortcomings, which usually end up hurting them in the end, lends itself to the overhitting. I'd be interested to see what their rushing success is in those games because I wonder if the line is set a certain way, the total set a certain way, expecting them to run, but they've actually been more productive through the air. Not yeah. to completely shoot a hole in your, your logic, but but that no. kind of, no, I guess that no, speaks to it too. Yeah. yeah, I think you're... But you're you were saying like they, they ground and pound, they've had success on the ground or whatever, but like I think they maybe, people expect that and therefore are kind of leaning yeah. to the Yeah, and then the they've had more offensive success than maybe you would be led to believe leading up to the yeah, game. Yeah, I think, I think my point is probably like they probably play a different game style than maybe we yeah. expect them to. Yeah, well... Sorry, go on. They well, I, I do think Tennessee's offense looked a little more like itself um, against the Raiders. <sighs> they were able to run the ball a little bit, technically, yeah. Set up that uh, play action, but really, this for me stems from I, I think is a real opportunity for Indianapolis's offense to get on track this week. And by on track, I mean not look like the worst offense in the NFL. Um, Tennessee, uh, their defense thirtieth in EPA per play, thirtieth in rush EPA, and twenty sixth in dropback EPA. So, I Jesus. mean, if you're if you're the Colts, you can sort of chalk it up to your first three opponents being Houston, Jacksonville, and Kansas City, who have had decent defenses this year. Yep. Um, particularly the latter two. So, this is a thing for me. Like, if you can't get it right offensively this week, then I'm going to be very concerned. Um, so all in all, I just think that. There's an opportunity here for both offenses, really, to to get on track uh, more so than they have been to this point. And that just feels like a low total to me, 42 and a half. Um, I think you can get both of these teams into the mid-20s. So initially, I, I, I was I was looking at the spread, if I could get Tennessee to like three and a half. But um, ultimately, ultimately, I feel a little bit more confident with the total. Well, this number, 42 and a half, you said? 42 and a half. See, I could also see it being like... <sighs> Like so I, I could see I, it being like a twenty to seventeen game, but if like the Colts are going to have success, which is kind of what you're saying, I think they've got some big play potential there that kind of gets yeah, you back like, on the over. See, when I look at a total like that, I'm thinking like, it, like a team that just has absolute like just suck quarterback yeah. play, and like granted, you've had that in Indianapolis to this point this season, but like I don't think that these teams don't lack the explosiveness potential offensively. Even on the ground. To be in the same realm as, like, a the, the Giants yeah. or the, the Bears or, you know, a team like that. <laughs> They're weird. Like I, You know, I know I think, too, about the Giants and the Bears. Um, they can be explosive through the run game, too. Like, a 70-yard Jonathan Taylor run is not out of the picture. It, it, nor is... I haven't really seen that yet. No. Nor is a Matt Ryan crippling... A pick six. Pick. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so... so get there a lot, lot of ways home. Right. Yeah. Uh, anything else on that? Uh, no. Okay. My uh, two-unit play is another under. I'm taking the under in the Minnesota-New Orleans game. That game is being played in London, England. The total is set at 43.5 right now. I'm, I just – let's start with Minnesota. Uh, what are you taking? Was he taking the over? The under. The under. Okay. Did I say over? No, I just zoned out for Okay, well, <laughs> understandable. <laughs> because I've been there about five minutes ago. Because I'm eyeing this game, too, and – 
Spoiler alert. Oh, okay. I want you to play. Oh, jeez. Um, Are you on the over? I'm not on the top. Okay, good. So, <laughs> <that was it. laughs> um, I, I like the under here. I just think Minnesota... Are we still dining out on Minnesota's week one narrative where it's new coach, elite offensive talent, they're going to score a ton of points this year. They only scored 23 in week one against that Packers team. They did score 28 last week, but that was against a very questionable Lions defense, and it took a late barrage to get them to that number, and then they scored seven points in Philly. My point is, is I don't know how well-oiled this machine is yet, and there's still some growing pains. I think you know you saw Justin Jefferson last two weeks hasn't been the factor he was in week one, which is a, setting a pretty high bar, but I don't know if there's the book out on them. I don't know if it's, you know, KJ Hamlin and Adam Thielen aren't as good as you know they need to be in terms of a supporting cast. And you can kind of just key in and, you know, maybe you put your, you do the whole, like the old Belichick thing where you put three guys on Jefferson and then you put your number two corner on Thielen and go from there. Um, Dalvin Cook's dealing with a shoulder injury. We don't even know if he's going to play. So there are question marks on that Minnesota offense, despite the narrative coming out of week one. On the other side of the thing, Jameis Winston, credit to him playing through this back injury, but it sounds gnarly. And it just, they have not, they're actually up there. Like, near the, I think they're top 10 in yards per play. They've got a league high nine turnovers through three weeks. They're just giving up the ball left and right. And I know all of this is built into the, to the number as well, but they've got injury issues of their own. Um, Kamara has been dinged up for the last couple weeks. And now you got Michael Thomas suffered an injury. Jarvis Landry suffered an injury. I know Chris Olave looked really good last week too, but there's just way too many question marks for me to feel good about it. You throw in the London factor too. Not sure how that's going to affect things, but you've got two teams that haven't done it recently. I don't think at the very least you have coaches who haven't done it with Dennis Allen and, and Kevin O'Connell. So like, I don't know. I don't want to, I don't know when, <laughs> when's New Orleans flying? I would, I should have looked that up because that's not a fun flight with a bad back either. Uh, if you're Jameis yeah. Winston and not just him, I mean, you mentioned the other injuries they did yeah. with offensively too. So that's, I that's imagine they're probably already over hobbled, there. Yeah. <laughs> a hobbled offense flying over a yeah, air force infirmary like at some point, like, plane. These guys are human. That's, that can't be comfortable. Yeah. So I don't know a lot. Like I said, injuries on both sides. Not totally sold on either offense, especially after feeling good about the Vikings in Week One. So I just think this goes under the number forty-three and a half. Yeah, it, and so I'm I'm looking at that game too, and I'm I'm taking the Vikings as two and a half point favorites. Um, and but most of it is from you know your latter points about the Saints and what they've been offensively. I mean they've. They've trailed by 15 points or more in all three of their games so far. So it's like they're, they're constantly fighting this uphill battle. And in the process of doing so, they have a quarterback who notoriously is a little loosey-goosey with the yep. football. Um, so I think that just that's just going to play right into Minnesota's hands. This is also a situation, the London thing, like if you just bet blindly on the favorites over the years in these London games, it's been profitable. Oh, has it? Um like 18 and 12 against the spread. That's pretty profitable. In a lot of those games, and I th- I think there was uh, the most recent one, I believe, was uh, Jacksonville covered his underdogs against Miami last October. Um, Atlanta won as favorites. They covered his favorites against the Jets. Um, but prior to that, there's been a lot of instances where not only is the favorite covered, but 
it's been a pretty significant margin of victory. Um, so if I'm getting, uh, you know, if I'm laying less than a field goal with who, I mean, ultimately for all those questions that you mentioned about Minnesota, if we're just lining these two teams up and you ask me who's better, I'm taking the Vikings. And the fact that it is such a small number, um, like it feels like with New Orleans, they're sort of, they're reaching, they're reaching a point where they might have to make a change of quarterback. Um, and it might even just be for health reasons. I was going to say. Uh, you know, like, they might be forced call. into it. Yeah. yeah. Um, From out so, of misery. Yeah. So, I, so I'm with you. I think that this probably ends up being a lower-scored game than you'd maybe expect from these two teams. Um, but ultimately, I think Minnesota covers. Yeah, I think I like that. Um, I don't eh. The Dalvin Cook injury is interesting, but, like. Yeah, that, I, I mean, we've seen that in the does, last couple of years, yeah, Madison I mean, steps I, I in. I think that fine. that from a betting standpoint, has a huge impact. Um, I don't know. See, I, I, I'm still believing in that offense. I don't know. Like, it's looked a little shaky the last couple of weeks, and, and maybe that's – maybe I'm still hung up on that week one performance, but I don't know. I just think well, they, like, they have the, – the pieces are there, right? Like 27-13 gets us home with the under, too, like, in terms yep. of – and, like, you know what I mean? If they score, they match their output from last week. Yeah, I don't – I, I mean, maybe New Orleans gets it at some point. Like, I there's clearly the the potential for points to be scored on, on New Orleans, right? Or on New Orleans just in general. I just don't know if it's right there, if it's there right now, which would make me feel even better about Minnesota. So the, it's been a weird like you considered the career trajectory of Jameis Winston. Like, it, did if like do we overrate him coming into the season? I, and I say we, the collective we. Like, well, it didn't feel like there was a lot of hype surrounding him coming into the season. Maybe to the point where. Like, what's backing that up? So I know we're only three weeks into this. So I think that's part of the problem. You haven't seen, and these guys been hurt too. Right. You haven't seen them put up 35 points in a game yet where he's throwing the ball all over the yard. You know what I mean? Like, he's yeah. usually good for that. Like, we've seen that anywhere he's stopped in his career. We've, we Especially, like, there felt like there were a lot of parallels to what he had early career in Tampa when Mike Evans was still a young pup, like they had, you know, pretty good skill position players and a good system. And like every couple of weeks he would go off and they would score 35 points. You just haven't gotten there yet. But like, I will say, like I said, the yard per play thing does indicate that they've been able to move the ball. They have weapons, but They've got nine turnovers, like I said. So, like, that's been the bugaboo for him his entire career. And that doesn't feel like it's been solved, and he's been hurt. So, like, I'm not surprised. Like, this is Jameis, Win- Jameis Winston. Like, this is what he does. Like, it's, you, you almost wonder, like, is it, is it just a bad fit? Very trick-or-treat. So, like, because like, we know they're good defensively. Well, they have a defensive-minded head coach, too. That's what's yeah, kind of confusing. So, like, don't you feel like they might be better positioned if they had – I don't want to use the term game manager, but like, you know, <laughs> Teddy I mean? Bridgewater like, back. Yeah. yeah. But like, it's just, you know, somebody who's not going to turn the ball over as frequently as James Winston, which I mean, you could say that about any team, but like just given their defensive upside, it feels to me like if they had maybe a, a little bit more of a, just the, a defensive minded approach that they, in that division, especially well, when you're competing with the likes of like, like the Panthers are kind of in that same. If boat. that's the case though, like you're kind of going in a weird direction because their defense I mean, I guess the number's been good. Do they have as much talent as they've had in the last few years? feels like they've kind of been picked apart a little bit up front of the pass rush. Like, it's weird because they have a roster that has 
I don't know if he's an all pro. He's a pro bowl running back. Like they've got Michael Thomas coming back. They used high draft capital on a receiver. Like, yeah. so it is kind of a mixed, mixed message. So like you don't go out identity crisis. Yeah. Like you don't go out and draft Chris Olave in the first round to hand it over to a game manager either. That's true. So it is kind of like, but it's to your point, it's kind of confusing. What do you want to be? I think there are a lot of teams going through that right now. Trying to figure out what they are. Including one that's local. So that brings me into my one (laughs) unit play. I know this is kind of, we've typically tried to, I just feel strongly about this game. My one unit play, I'm going to take the under in Patriots Packers. It's at 40 and a half. So when you stopped me when I was talking about the unders, you, it's because you're onto something here. Yeah, I'm all, all three unders. Yeah. Uh, Which is, I don't, a couple of years ago, it would have been wild to be having this. Yeah, and I almost it feel like over it's over after over. So I hope I'm not overreacting either. <laughs> like, that's the thing. Like, at some point, we're going to have, a, you know, 42 to 38 in every game across yep. the board. I don't see how you get there in this one. Uh, I look at. You know, the Mac Jones injury is going to be the big thing coming out this week. But I follow, I, I tell you what, I've watched a lot of Packers football this year. Uh, their offense is not clicking anything close to where it could or where they hope it will be for a variety of reasons. They've had injuries on the offensive line. They've had injuries in the receiver room. They were without Sammy Watkins and Christian Watson last week. Sammy Watkins on IR is going to probably lose his job to Romeo Dubs. But, like, they've got, you know, two running backs who – play big minutes but like that's if you're you know based on running backs you're probably going to be playing a lot of unders and they have i think they're averaging 16 points per game now you've got for all of their issues the patriots right now the defense has been pretty good and if you like pro football focus you must love the patriots secondary so if they're going to come in here with a plan that's pretty good and they're going to eradicate that offense you know they're going to take away a lot of aaron Rodgers' options on the outside i think they're going to probably cook up something pretty good for that uh you know the, the two-headed running attack like the, what's the patriots main issue defensively team speed probably like yeah. especially in the middle of the field the packers it's not like like jones is fast but he's not one of those guys you get out in space and just takes over a game and aj Dillon certainly is so like i just think it's actually not a bad matchup for the patriots in that regard and then on the other side, Brian Hoyer is going to play. So, like, this thing, I think it opened at, like, 42. It got all the way down to 38, 38 and a half. Now that's back up to 40 and a half, I feel a little bit better about it. This has 17 to 10, 20 to 10 written all over it for me. It's uh, Yeah. I, I just, I'm expecting it to be ugly. I, I would even say, I would go fo- so far as to say, like, 24, 13 maybe. Like, yeah. Uh, like, I feel like the Patriots, for the reasons you mentioned, will keep it close. Like, I think defensively it's a – a fairly decent matchup for them. But then ultimately just the quarterback play isn't going to be there if Mac Jones isn't playing. That, like, you're just going to get to the end and the Packers will probably pull away late for, for you know, maybe they take over in New England territory and they punch another one in or something. So, like, that's why the, the spread I'm probably staying away from altogether. Um, I think I would lean Packers even with such a large number. What is it, 10.5 right now? It's hard because, um, like, it's but, hard to get there to the point where you want to even take the points with Brian Hoyer in that situation because it's always an opportunity this thing just goes completely upside down yeah. and they lose 30 to nothing. I think I'm leaning taking the points though. I just again maybe this is me being a a, a pessimistic Packers fan, but like I you know, I saw what DH DH Dietrich Wise did last week like, you know, 
Bakhtiari's not completely healthy on that left side. Like, I feel like there's going to be problems there. Belichick's going to come in with – I think Belichick takes it personally, especially this week with, like, the adversity that they're going through. They build a plan. And I also saw what Ramon J. Stevenson did last week. If he's their future back, like, I could – they the Packers have been bullied on the ground at times this season. That I don't know. Like, I think this has a chance. Like, if we – there's – I feel like I say this a lot. The range of outcomes would not surprise me. It's a pretty big one. Like – I could look if we look up and it's, you know, like this is not entirely dissimilar from a couple of years ago when Cam Newton got mono and they had or not mono COVID <laughs> he got COVID and they had to go into Kansas City and play with Brian Hoyer and they they dialed it up defensively they played a pretty good game I mean Hoyer was a train wreck for the most part but like that game was fairly competitive fairly close like I think we could be looking at a similar situation where it's thirteen to ten late in this game and that's maybe where the Packers put it away like with one touchdown but they're still on inside the number I I don't know yeah I, I, th- that's basically what I'm picturing is a v- game s- very similar to that where y- you just sort of you muck it up you hang around defensively and then ultimately it's just you just don't have the horsepower to get over the hump and that that's when Green Bay pulls away that's and, also how Green Bay loses the game though is like they don't pull away yeah, and I, it's like okay, all now all it takes is one drive from Brian Hoyer, I, I which he can the, do. I think the the only real thing that would surprise me in this game is New England having offensive success. Like I just I can't envision that really happening. Uh, Jair Alexander's hurt doesn't sound like he's. I don't think he's going to play. He's got a groin issue. That issue that's not great for cornerback. But that Packers defense is pretty good. It's good. It's good, and it, it's. I mean, this Patriots team is just. It's just not good. I mean, I mean, look across the board, like the turnovers, you know, the, the special teams issues with some muffed puns, uh, communication breakdowns, penalties. That's another thing we were talking about at Gillette on Sunday was that, like, it feels like with them, it's like every time they take a step forward, it's two steps backwards, both, you know, from a bigger picture standpoint, but also just drive to drive. Yeah, it's right. like they they get that first, uh, you know, first first down to, to get the drive going and then they take a holding penalty or something and it's like you've never seen that in, in previous seasons but it's been going on now since like the bye week of last year and for like as good as the defense has looked at times there have been plenty of drives and there were a lot i think on sunday or at least a, a decent amount where the patriots go down and score and they're feeling good offensively and they come back or the ravens came back and right scored back a t- like marched down the field on them and I, I i think baltimore was perfect in the red zone in that game yeah so like I feel like that's always been sort of a hallmark of the Patriots is that Ben don't break. Like sure. You, yep. get, you know, hold them to a field goal or whatever. And Lamar Jackson was just making plays every time they got inside the red zone. And then to the under thing, if they do get in the red zone, like the Packers just showed, you know, they, they gave up that touchdown late, but they bowed the neck on the, on the two point conversion. Like, and the Patriots red zone offense has been a, just a disaster, at least anecdotally. And just from the eye test, like throwing, throwing into the flat like that's all they've been doing is throwing into the flat on those short and you know goal to go (laughs) situations like it's not terribly difficult to to game plan for and it's probably a little easier to game plan for when it's brian hoyer and like you feel pretty good about the fact that he's not going to beat you but any sort of dynamic playmaking capabilities it would have been unfortunate obviously for you know to have your starting quarterback mac jones suffer an injury at, at any point yeah but the fact that it came this past weekend was pretty unfortunate given that i mean there there were at times some good things yeah. like it felt like they were finally taking the training wheels off a little bit like it like he had sort of a it, granted the the mistakes were just 
yeah. you know, absolute killers. But like, there were points in that game where he was showing off a little bit more mobility, taking some more shots down the field, like things that you hadn't really seen from this Patriots offense in the past. Is like they were trying out some new things, and then all of a sudden it's just. To, to my point earlier about you, you take a, a step forward, two steps back. This obviously you can't really account for, but it feels like another situation like that. All that being said, though, I've never seen a team get decimated so quickly by injuries as the Ravens were last week. Whether oh, yeah. it's just coming in and then uh, going out, it felt like they lost like three less tackles or whatever. So uh, I had another point to make. Oh, I, my hope is that the Pack or the Patriots just leave Kendrick Bourne in Green Bay. That would be sick. Like, I just you're not gonna play him at at this point. That's, then just give up on it. Yeah, I don't know what the, that situation too. It's a that's a whole other can of worms. It's a weird weird time for the Patriots. But uh, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about them going forward. After this week, they've got some winnable games. I just don't think they're very good though. And I think I heard you know maybe the local radio personalities saying there's no excuse for them to lose those games. I guess this is let's let's get ahead of ourselves a little bit. On a neutral field, what's a line for the Packers? Or excuse me, Patriots Lions. Uh, neutral field. Neutral field. Right was, now, Brian Hoyer at quarterback. Uh, Lions by two and a half. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So it'll probably be about a pick. But that game's here, right? Uh, correct. Yeah, oh yeah. The uh, throwbacks. The I was throw? gonna say that, is, aesthetics? that. That now we're talking. Oh, maybe. Are they, hopefully there's a plan they for the fa- Lions. They, they should to, bake that into the line somehow. That, 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 trust me, it's baked into this line. <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, do you have anything else? Uh, no. There's not. I mean, any any takes on? I guess the only other game is Bucks Chiefs. Those two teams don't look overly impressive. That game's gonna be played in New Jersey, probably or something. I don't know where. That's yeah. Gonna be. I mean, well, that's because Atlanta's that. home this week, and you're not gonna move it to Jacksonville, right? Because Jacksonville might be no, home I, anyway. I, Jacksonville's away. There's, yeah, Miami or Jacksonville, or they could play in New Orleans. I think they're like the three oh, that's right. options. Yeah, that makes sense. But regardless, from the game standpoint, wherever they're playing, they'd be playing on the moon. How long are we going to talk about the, the Buccaneers offense and like, oh, it's, no, like, when, once everybody gets injuries. back. They got injuries. A lot like, of injuries. It's like, anytime you start just waiting for things to happen, yeah, it's like, because those guys will come back and somebody else will go out. That's and true. It's just, I don't know. It's been a, bad, a weird feel about them all year. Their defense is legit, though. It's very good. Um, they should play the game in Gillette. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, Ricky, do you have anything else? Uh, no. Good this, Monday night game. Fairly decent. What, oh, Rams, uh, Rams Niners. 49ers. Yeah. Um, decent Thursday night game. Very good. Bengals, Dolphins, assuming it, uh, two will play. I'm not sure if two is going to play, though. Overall, not a bad slate of games. Very good. It's a decent London game, too. I can talk myself into it. So. All right, cool. Ricky, it's been fun. Always is. Let's do it again next week. See you. All right, goodbye.